You're listening to the Business with Purpose podcast with your host, Molly Stillman of stillbeingmolly.com. This podcast takes you behind the scenes with some of the world's most generous entrepreneurs, from the CEOs of mission-driven brands to directors of small community nonprofits and everything in between. Molly is sitting down with men and women who believe in changing the world not only through their personal lives, but also their professional careers. And now, here's Molly. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Business with Purpose podcast. My guest this week is Cassidy Perry, who is the founder of the Arise Box. The Arise Box is a quarterly subscription box filled with beautiful products that are made all over the world that are empowering people in developing nations and right here in America. Uh, I absolutely love Cassidy and I love her vision and I love her dream. The Arise Box started just about a year ago and Cassidy's story of how she started the Arise Box is because it came out of a desire to not want to wait. She had this vision. She had this dream. She had this goal. uh, And she's going to talk about that in the episode, but she didn't want to wait on it. And so she felt like starting the Arise Box was her way of saying yes to making a difference and making a change. I know you're going to love my conversation with Cassidy. So I hope you enjoy it. Hey, Cassidy. Welcome to the show. Hi. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to have you here, and I'm so excited to introduce you to the Business with Purpose audience. And we're just—it's gonna be—it's gonna be fun because you know it's always—it's always fun talking with somebody, especially like when this is really the first time you and I have had a chance to talk. Mm-hmm. You know, in in real life, I don't know. You're even though you're on Skype, you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah, but, you know. But it's always fun just getting to know new people and um I you know, obviously I love everything that you're doing and um I'm just so excited for everybody to hear. So, thank you. Cassidy, I'm going to have yes. you do what I have all my guests do, and that's give us the Cassidy 101. So tell us your story. <laughs> tell us all about yourself and what it is that you do. Sure. Okay. So, um I guess this year, so earlier this year, I started up a business called The Arise Box, and really that started, um, that passion started about seven years ago to help fight human trafficking and try to empower girls and women and really anybody that's gone through that and help them kind of get back some of that self-worth that's taken away from them. Yeah. So how did you um, first hear about human trafficking and, and what caused you to become so passionate about it? So I actually was helping out a friend during her internship. And so I actually just randomly came across this movie that she was working with called Trade of Innocence. Mm. And it's not the greatest movie, but it it deals with... I was going to say, I was like, I've, I feel like I've watched a lot of human trafficking movies and I don't think I've heard of it. <laughs> it's Yeah, it's very Hollywood. And it's, I mean, I wish I was cool and could say I was some like documentary, but it wasn't. Um, <laughs> but that was sort of my first introduction to even the, the int- like the depths of what human trafficking really looks like. Like even the concept of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that was, I was still in college and at first I thought, oh, I'm going to do a safe home and try to get, you know, teenagers and help them just reclaim a little bit of that childhood that's taken away from them. Mm. But at 20, like that's not really feasible. Where were um, you? Where were you going to school at the time? I went to school at Biola University. Okay, So cool. in California. Yeah, yeah. Um, so then fast forward five or seven years, I still wanted to do something, but I didn't know what it was. And finally, I just didn't give up on the idea of safe home, but decided to do something now. Mm-hmm. So that's 
to where I got the idea for care packages. If I couldn't do a safe home, I could at least provide like, here's a box of happiness and yeah. something fun to a safe home that already exists. Yeah. So, yeah. And so you're out in California. You're in California right now? No, I grew up and came back after school to Kansas City, Missouri. Oh, okay, cool. So you're in the, is Kansas City considered the Midwest? <laughs> it is. It's, it's, okay, it's I'm like, middle. I'm going to be honest. And my, my, my husband's going to laugh at me. I'm like, I am not the greatest with geography. So I'm always like, is that the Midwest? Like, I mean, I know, you know, geographically where it is, but is that what it's called? Um, so did you, what were you studying in school? I studied journalism and public relations. Okay. And so was, was, did you have like hopes and dreams of being like a news anchor or, you know, like how did you, you know, what, what were you, what were you wanting to be when you grew up? Yeah. So I don't think I fully knew. I, I liked public relations because just helping people get their stories out there. And yeah. then I always knew, like, even when I was little that I wanted to do something that helped somebody else. Like I, I couldn't imagine spending 40 hours a week doing something that made no impact yeah. on other people's lives. So that's kind of ever since I was really little, I didn't know what it was exactly, but I wanted to do something with my work life that gave back. Did you, do you know where that came from? Was it something that your parents instilled in you or were you really involved in, you know, volunteer work as a kid? Where did that desire come from? You know, I'm not a hundred percent for sure. Um, my parents, my dad is very giving. So he'll help anybody with pretty much anything. There's always somebody's car that he's fixing. Yeah. Um, but then I was just the kid on the playground that if somebody was by themselves or looked sad, like I would go over to them and just see if I could cheer them up. And that was just kind of part of my personality. Yeah. You just have always had just sort of that giving and, and generous and loving personality. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I think my parents helped foster that a little bit, but I think that was just always part of, I mean, I picked out the stuffed animals that had the tear or I wanted to make sure my <laughs> Barbies had all their friends with them. Like that was just. <laughs> I was totally the same person. Like I was that person who uh, like, and I don't know if it was cause I saw well, I mean, Toy Story came out even in my later childhood, but like, mm. I was always that person who, yeah, put personalities in my stuffed animals, yeah. and like, and I would feel really bad if I felt like one was being left out. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, at the store, I would always pick the one that had some flaw with it because I was like, nobody's gonna want this one, so <laughs> I have to take it. <laughs> Now, did you do any type of like service work growing up or did any, you know, were you involved in anything like that in high school and college, you know, and how did you get connected with this friend? And you said she was doing an internship. Where was she doing an internship? She was doing an internship. You know what? I don't even know. She just emailed me and asked me to help. Um, so I said, <laughs> sure, because there was a red carpet that they were. So she was asking you to help together. work on, this, on the movie. Yes. So I was just sort of there. Um, as an extra body to help kind of direct people as they yeah. got on and off the red carpet. Um, but yeah, so I didn't do a ton of volunteer work in high school. When I got to college, I did a little bit with mm -hmm. more on the lines of like trying to find internships that were in that nonprofit-esque field. Yeah. So you you learned about human trafficking. You were you realized that this was something you wanted to do something about. When you graduated college, what has you know, what have you been doing since college and then and at what point because I know you said that it was kind of 5 to 7 years and you, and you still have that the dream of a safe home in the back of your mind, which I think is awesome and don't let go of that dream. <laughs> um, and I think what you're doing by starting the Arise box, like that is 
that is, you know, that one step that you, like you said, like, I want to do something now. So what, what were you doing sort of in that, in what I guess what we call the meantime? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I graduated and sort of fell into a social media job and career. And so I've been working with different companies and then I'm now at my church doing the social media and website and um, pretty much anything digital. Yeah. So that's kind of that five to seven years was a weird, like uh, social media is not exactly what I went to school for and <laughs> didn't exactly align, but it paid the bills. So um, I kind of fell into that. And that's part of where I think the frustration came from was like, I wasn't doing the safe home thing and I wasn't in a job at the time that was directly impacting people. So I was trying to figure out what can I do in this meantime, in the, in the awkward time that actually does have an impact on people. Yeah. And so for people that may not know what the Arise Box is, tell us all about the Arise Box and what exactly it does and, and all of that. Sure. Yeah. The Arise Box is um, a quarterly subscription box that every time you buy one, then you're also adding two products to a care package for a human trafficking survivor. And then at the end of the year, I wrap all those up and ship them out to five different safe homes. That is amazing. And how did you identify those safe homes and what can you tell us about them? Yeah. So part of it was just researching and trying to find safe homes that were close to home, but not, yeah. you know, so exclusively. are they like in the Kansas City area or are they just there's, kind of all around the U.S.? There's two in the Kansas City area and then the other three are like in Nashville and there's one in Maine or not Maine, Michigan. I'm not great at geography. So. <laughs> <laughs> Maine's up like near Canada. <laughs> well, so is Michigan. <laughs> wait a second, I'm like, wait a second. So they're all in the north, but you know what I mean. Maine's in the yeah, northeast. Yeah. So it's pretty much Midwest off to the East Coast. And did you wait, you know, as you, did you just kind of discover them or were these recommended to you by anybody? So some of them I just were, was looking online and then I was actually really fortunate to be able to work with um, Bon Joy Box and they recommended, I think two or three of the ones that I ended up partnering with. That is amazing. And for people that may not know what comes in the Arise box, like what type of products are you featuring? Um, Is this something that is great for a gift or great for yourself? Yeah, so it's quarterly. So everything kind of has a, you know, if it's summer, I'm trying to find things that are summery. Oh, like so Um, it's like like quarterly themed. Yes. And then basically... It's, I think the word is lifestyle. It's, I, I really don't like clutter. So I try to find things that are useful and then also pretty and everything inside the box gives back in some shape or form. Oh, that's awesome. So they all feature uh, products from like give back and fair trade companies and mm-hmm. that's awesome. Can you give us some examples of some, um, some, I guess like previously featured? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So in the summer box, we've got um, a something from the Creative Co., which helps provide clean water. Yes, then, I love that company. Yeah, their stuff is so cute and fun, and I love the cause that's behind it. Yes. Um, and then I'm working with Riviera Towel Company, and so they do a bunch of different towels and beach, you know, essentials, yeah. and they help protect 
the ocean and the wildlife and all of yeah. that kind of stuff. Um, I've got my sister, which fights human trafficking, square hue nail polish. Yes, which I love. I was gonna say I love my si- my sister. Mm-hmm. When it's um, funny, whenever I tell people about my sister as the company, they're always like, "Wait, your sister? I thought she owns a bakery." Yep. And I'm like, "No, no, 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 no." <laughs> it's called my like the company is called my sister. <laughs> yeah, I know that threw me too when I first saw it. I was like, "What is this?" Yes. Oh. <laughs> um. So, what made you decide to do a subscription box? I know you that you said you you wanted to do something that was really impactful now, which I think is amazing because so many people kind of. Not in a bad way, but a lot of people will say like, oh, somebody should do that. Or I want to I want to do I want to help. I want to I want to do something. And then they don't. They just kind of sit back and they wait for somebody else to do it. And yeah, because it feels overwhelming. Right. Exactly. And so you mm-hmm. took the initiative to just go ahead and do it. What made you decide to do a, a subscription box? And what has the early part of launching a business like this looked like for you? What has been challenging? What's been fun? What's you know, what are some of the things that maybe have surprised you? Yeah. Um. Well, I, I knew I wanted to do care packages in the beginning. And as I was looking at different business models, it kind of made sense to do almost like an echo of a buy one, give one. Right. Um, so that was kind of where I got the idea for a subscription box. And I mean, starting a business is a lot messier than I thought it was going to be. Oh, I think yes. I oh, yes. Walked in thinking like, oh, yeah, I'll launch the website and then immediately have all these people. I don't have to do anything. Um but that's not reality. So <laughs> I, I really enjoy picking out the different things and learning about new companies. Um, I'm relatively new to the trying to ask questions about where, what I'm purchasing and who's made it and all of that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's just fun finding new things that are yeah. out there and that fit into your lifestyle so you don't have to completely uproot everything to make a difference. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean... I don't know, starting a business is a challenge because there's, you get a limited amount of time and you're trying to figure out everything as you go. Yeah. But that's also kind of a fun thing because, you know, if you figure something doesn't work, you'll just try something else different. And it's, yeah, it's just a weird roller coaster. And some days are great. And some days you're like, why am I doing this? (laughs) It's funny. I've had this conversation before with a lot. I mean, almost every entrepreneur that I talk to, we have this conversation. I've I've had the conversation on this podcast before with, I mean, everybody from uh, Jessica Honiger from Noonday Collection to Bethany Tran from The Root Collective. Like, we all have these conversations about how one day you're like, you're like, this is great. The next day you're like, this is terrible. The next day, (laughs) the next day you're like, oh, I can't wait to tell everyone about this. And then the day after that, you're like, I'm going to quit tomorrow. I mean, it's just, it's such a roller coaster. And Mm. every day is so different. But, you know, when you have a mission and you have a focus and you have a purpose, it it's one of those things where you it's a greater calling. You realize that there's it's not the paperwork. It's not the taxes. It's not the the, you know, making sure your insurance is set up. You know, it's not, Mm -hmm. you know, paying, you know any type of fees or hiring somebody it's it's not all those things that can often be a headache when it comes to entrepreneurship it's not even marketing it's not even sales it's the underlying purpose the underlying cause that you are that you feel like you are doing this for something else yeah yeah exactly i mean it's it's basically you're willing to do all those other little 
things that fill up your day, but you're doing it for a bigger purpose, which is what keeps you going. Right. Now, you had mentioned earlier that you learned about human trafficking and then you really felt called to do a safe home. Um, What is sort of your long-term vision for Arise Box? Is this something that's just sort of the stepping stone to the greater purpose? Or do you maybe see it even as something as you know, is going to be part of a larger vision later? Or are you just kind of on that ride right now with God where you're just like, all right, I'm going to do this. I'm going to live in this moment and see where it takes me. Mm -hmm. So I think I'm partially still on that ride. Um, The way Arise Box started was a very, like, ideas kept dropping into my lap that I had no business thinking of. And it was, you know, the name came from a worship song that I happened to hear one day and have never heard it since, which is weird. So it's been a very, it feels like God is leading it. And I'm trying to rest in that, but that's not my personality. So there's that side of things. But then in the back of my mind, I've been trying to do some research and learn and talk with different people and figure out if there's some way to use this subscription box, buy one, build one kind of a model to make an even deeper impact. So figuring out if there's something that I can do with either events or working with foster kids or something that kind of wraps around the human trafficking problem even more than just doing care packages. Um, And I don't know what that looks like exactly yet, but That's something that I'm trying to negotiate and figure out if there's something else I can do with this business as well. That's amazing. What do you think has been the biggest learning point along the way? Um, Maybe something like when you start, like you said earlier, you know, entrepreneurship is hard and and some days are really hard and some days are really great. What has been something that's just been a greater um, learning point for you along the way that you sort of discovered that has further motivated you that maybe you didn't know before? Yeah, so something that keeps coming back up is the word enough, um, which I think that's coming from being able to let go of things. So like I have enough money to get the next products Mm -hmm. and I don't have Mm -hmm. to have this excessive amount of cushion and I can just trust in things. Um, And then I have enough time like just to get what I need to do done and trying to start letting go of the the worry that can really plague you throughout your day and just realize like enough is enough and you will get through and just get to the next day and yeah. work through it that way. Um, so that's been something that's been a challenge, but it, it keeps coming back up and I think I'm supposed to be learning from that. I love that because that I think is a greater, that speaks to even and maybe I don't even know if this is something you've thought of, and maybe it is, but it almost speaks to the greater issue of, you know, when women say to ourselves, like we as women, mm-hmm. we say to ourselves, I am not enough. Mm-hmm. Or, and and so many, I mean, you know, I've volunteered with um, a human trafficking organization here in the central North Carolina area for, goodness, uh, coming up on, I mean, coming up on close to seven years. Oh, wow. And maybe six years. I don't know. My timeline is all the six or seven years. And, you know, when we 
the more I learn about human trafficking and the trainings that I do and, and we go into you know, schools and churches and um, we work with everything from police officers and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, medical and first responders and people like that. And, and then when we've worked with we, – because we actually did have a safe home. Um, when we first started, we ended up closing the safe home and kind of shifting our vision a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, when we worked with victims – over and over and over again, we hear that so that these victims feel and, and so often fall into that trap of human trafficking because they don't feel like they're enough and yeah. they don't feel like they can measure up and they are looking for approval from the world. They are looking for um, the feelings of of being enough and they're looking for to know to feel beautiful and all those things they are looking for those things from outside influences and not from you know what really matters they're mm-hmm. not looking to um you know if if you're a christian you know they're, they're not looking to god um they're not looking to within themselves either they're not looking for you know that self-approval yeah and that's so yeah that just i just think that speaks i love that you said that that just that that word enough keeps coming up because that in and of itself is such a such a powerful thing mm-hmm and it, I mean, as hard as it is, I'm still definitely in the middle of that. So there are days when I feel like, oh, yeah, this is totally fine. And I can rest and feel that peace. And then there's other days that I am fighting and <laughs> tooth and nail to not worry about stuff. Yeah. Um, but that enoughness applies to so much that's like you are enough and you don't have to keep trying to be something extra special and extra whatever like that striving you can kind of let that go and just rest in who you are and the talents and gifts that you have Mm -hmm. and start using Mm -hmm. those Mm -hmm. yes yes oh my goodness yes you know I and this is something that all women can relate to for sure and I think too I mean we have when I think about the type of people that listen to this show we have everybody from entrepreneurs to consumers to I mean all types of people listen to it but I think this can also especially speak to people who are in entrepreneurship because it can be really easy to look at social media and look at businesses from the outside and to see that, oh, my goodness, they are just doing so well. And everything is so easy for them. And look at how beautiful their Instagram feed is. And oh my Mm -hmm. goodness, they're getting so much engagement on Facebook. And they have so many views on this, you know, article or whatever. Like everything can look really easy. And it Mm -hmm. can look like it just came without any work. (laughs) But you don't see the behind the scenes. You don't see the hard times. You don't see, um, I listen to a lot of podcasts with, like interviews with entrepreneurs and obviously I talk to a lot of people on this show and the common theme across the board there's I I truly don't think that there is one person that I've listened to an interview of or even interviewed myself that has said that it's been easy the whole time Mm -hmm. or that they've not had failure or that there haven't been days where they've wanted to give up but the common theme that I see from the people who have found success or who have felt like they've achieved something that they want to, is that they keep showing up every single day mm-hmm. and they keep doing the work and they push through those tar- hard times and they, they push through those times when they don't feel like they're enough. Or, you know, do you, do, is that something that you feel like you can relate to as well and, and that you've experienced yourself? 
Yeah. I mean, I'm still so early on. I don't know if saying I've made it is (laughs) going to be what I would feel comfortable with, but like there is a certain amount of you show up and you do what you can and then you step back and rest and be okay with like, I did all these things today and that's good. Um, and letting go of the things that you can't control. There's so much in entrepreneurship and just really life that you can work really hard and try to do all these different things. But at the end of the day, people's decisions are still theirs and you can't control them. So you just have to let that go and be okay that you did your best and you showed up and then you're done. Yeah. Well, two things there. One, I want to say this because you said, you know, well, I'm still in the early stages. And I say, well, that's like, that's okay. Like you're a year into business, but that like, that is awesome. Like what you've accomplished in a year is amazing. And, and I love to show people too, you know, I want, I guess I want, I want to really emphasize that every, I mean, obviously everybody starts somewhere (laughs) like Mm -hmm. the, you know, Blake, the founder of Tom's started somewhere (laughs) and, you know, you have, uh, you know, Jessica from Noonday started somewhere. Everybody starts somewhere. And and I think you can learn from, I mean, I don't think, I know you can learn from people at every stage of business because everybody's experience is different. Everybody can learn different things. Everybody can have a takeaway that's different. So I think that just seeing the the business that, and the things that you've been able to do in the first year of your business and the lessons that you've learned and the um, the things that have surprised you and all those kinds of things like those can minister to people because, you know, there might be somebody listening that they have an idea for a business and they're and they're, you know, a lot of times taking that first step of just jumping mm-hmm. and saying yes and walking into that door that's open. That can be the hardest part. Yeah. You know, definitely. I, yeah. I just. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> and then what was the? Oh man, there was another thing. And now, of course, it's like completely left me. But <laughs> but I I just think that 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 so much is that is one of those things that can really 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 help people because oftentimes giving people permission to to say yes is mm-hmm. is hard. Yeah, I mean it is because you're starting on something that's completely new and scary and you don't know what the outcome is going to be and that's just a terrifying thing to do but at the same time like you don't know what could happen and it could go great and you could stumble upon something that's your calling and what you're supposed to do with your life and you just have to decide to try it and be okay either way yeah what would be your word of advice or word of wisdom or, you know, maybe what's something that somebody has, you know, maybe a mentor for you or somebody who's really spoken into your life? What's something that somebody has said to you that maybe you would say to somebody else who is thinking about launching a business or doing something uh, scary? Mm-hmm. So something that somebody said to me recently was, it was just a tiny line, but it made a impact on me. They just said that they were on my side. Um, And that resonated with me because really all along the way with starting Arise, there's been people who have come alongside me and helped me or talked to me or just given me advice on starting a business. And so I would say don't do it or don't try to do it by yourself. Yes. 
We're not meant to do life alone. No. And you can reach out to people and that's, you're probably not going to hurt their feelings. Just try it. Send an email and see what happens. So, I mean, I've talked to people like um, Esther at the um, Bon Joy box and she really encouraged me to get started. And, you know, it's along the way, it's been this collaboration of different people helping me in different ways. And honestly, that's what's gotten through the hard days for me is that, you know, knowing that other people are out there rooting for you and knowing that you're not in it by yourself. Oh, that is so huge. Yes. Yeah. I think sometimes in, no, I think, again, I know that sometimes in entrepreneurship, we can feel so alone mm-hmm. and it can feel so isolating in a lot of ways, but you have just really hit the nail on the head of the importance of having those people that you have around you that are rooting for you, that have your back, that you can go to, you know, when you're having a tough day. I mean, I know I have those people in both blogging and 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 just sort of the even the social entrepreneurship world who I can text or call or, you know, get lunch with. And we can sit there across from each other face to face and just we can talk about the things that are really hard. And we have that safe space to Mm -hmm. be able to to connect and say, man, this was really terrible today. But then also celebrate each other's successes and celebrate each other's wins. And it's not about competition. It's about community. And it's it's about encouraging and supporting each other at every stage. And I think the sooner that we even, you know, because women especially (laughs) – Women can be rough on each other and women can really want to be in competition with each other. But I think that the more that we continue to foster community and foster a sense of encouragement to different different people and um, looking to mentors and then us, you know, the more experience we get coming alongside other people who may be in, you know, just starting out. um, That's just so important. And I love that you said that. Yeah. I mean, if you think about it as like when you're in that competitive mindset, you're almost looking at the world as a pie. And if somebody else gets a slice of the pie, then you don't get that slice. Yes. That's not the way it works. Like it's much more fluid. And, you know, if we help each other, we get so much further along. And especially Mm. when you're Mm -hmm. looking at social causes and different things like that, like our goal is similar or the same, and we might as well help each other along the way so that we can have a bigger impact. Yes, yes, exactly. I could not agree more. Uh, so, Cassidy, when you now, I mean, now that you're 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 into business, you're um, you're doing the Arise Box, you're working at your church. What do you do to relax? What do you do in your to for fun? You know, what is what's in your downtime? Because, like you said earlier, oh, and I remember now. The second thing I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> Because y'all, y'all listening, I have some serious mom brain right now. Like I will find myself having a conversation with my husband and I'll be mid conversation and then just look at him. And like halfway through, I go, yeah, I just forgot what I was going to say. Like I, (laughs) it is real. The mom brain is real. So if I don't like write it down, it just Uh anyway. So that that's real. It's a real honest moment for you guys. One of the things that you said was that you, you show up, you do the work and then you rest. Oh my goodness, girl. Preach. Because entrepreneurship has this, and I had this conversation with, um, if you guys remember the episode that I had with Rachel Aline, um, we talked about this sort of the anti-hustle, um, mm-hmm. the anti-hustle moment um, or movement 
of people who are saying we don't have to hustle and kill ourselves and run yeah. ourselves ragged to be successful. Um, you know, it, it is about hard work. It is about showing up, but also knowing that there is time and space to rest and the importance mm-hmm. of that. So with that being said, what are the kinds of things that you do to rest to just kind <laughs> of say, I'm I'm going to turn it off today and I'm going to just be okay and know that, that, you know, tomorrow I'll, I'll, I'll start over. Yeah. So resting is still a fairly new concept to me as well. I started reading, um, present over perfect and that has blown my mind in a bunch of different ways, but really working out is the easiest way for me to turn off things because I have to focus. Otherwise I'm going to hurt myself. But one of the things I've started in the last couple of years is doing um, aerial silks. So it's a really good workout, but it's also very different and challenging. Oh, is that like the, they call it like, um, oh, there's a place like this in Charlotte that a friend of mine works at. I think it's called like Air Charlotte or something. Okay. And it's like, is it those things where there's like fabric hanging from the ceiling Uh and you like work out doing it almost looks like Cirque du Soleil. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it's the it's the long pieces of material that they have at Cirque du Soleil, and you can climb in them and do drops and all sorts of fun stuff. Oh my stuff. goodness, that's awesome! So you do that? Um, not well, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> I like your honesty. You're like, yes, I do it. I'm not great at it, but hey, yeah. that's okay. <laughs> we all yeah, start somewhere. <laughs> it, that's definitely true, and it's such a like it's a blend of strength and flexibility and I, I don't have the flexibility so sometimes I'm up there and I'm like am I graceful am I doing it so what and is it it's called air silks is the it's type called, of um, aerial silks aerial That's silks material okay mm-hmm. and is there like okay because this is something that I've I've seen videos of and like I said I, I have a friend in Charlotte who does it and it looks so fun yeah it's a lot of fun so and but it looks like it's a pretty legit workout too mm-hmm. it's so much upper body and core strength yeah, because uh, you have to be able to kind of hold yourself up there while you do other things with your body. It's it's very weird. So if, if somebody is listening and they and you don't know what we're talking about, what would you because I don't even know what it's called. Like you said, aerial silks, but like mm-hmm. that's the material. Is that like if you're going to Google to see if there's a class in your area, what is it called? Like what type of what's the fitness type called? I would look up aerial um, so like, like aerial an aerial fitness. view of something. Um, if you look up aerial silks, you're going to find things that are just the material. Yeah. Um, a lot of places have trapeze lessons as well as silks. Um, so sometimes that will help you narrow it down a little bit. Now, is this something that's like offered at your gym or is it like a, like, you know how they have like cycle bar or like, uh, mm-hmm. you know, a flywheel, which is like the, the cycling studios. Like, is it a studio that just does this or is it like a part of your gym? I go to a studio a couple times a month, so I don't do it a ton. When I'm in the gym, I just try to work out the same on the Olympic rings. Oh, um, yeah. But then I go to a, a studio that does the aerial. And is that just stuff. like one thing they offer or? This particular one, it is. There's other places that have popped up recently that are like yoga silks where you are in sort of like a hammock, which looks like the most comfortable thing in the world. Wow. And then you do yoga in a silk little this hammock. This sounds so fun. Yeah. I need, to, I need to try the yoga version. I haven't done that yet. Oh, my goodness. So, okay. So for those of you listening, 
and you are interested in this, you can like, I guess you could YouTube like aerial silks mm. or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And then, yeah, I, from to my knowledge, there is not something like this in the central North Carolina area that I have seen. I could be wrong, but I don't think I've seen it. But like I said, I have a friend in Charlotte, North Carolina who does it and she posts videos and stuff and I'm just like, that looks awesome. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you do that for fun. So that's awesome. Yeah. What else? Yeah. Um, well, I also read, so it's kind of the other end of the spectrum. Oh, okay. Like what are you reading now? Book. Well, right now I'm working on a fiction and a nonfiction. So I'm reading Creativity, Inc., the Pixar book. Oh, I've um, heard really good things so good. about that. Mm-hmm. It's really, really good. Um, and then for the fiction side of things, I'm reading The Night Circus. Oh, I have not heard of that. What is that yeah. about? It's it's kind of a, I mean, it's obviously a little bit into the magic stuff, and it's basically like a circus that only opens at night, and then there's a whole, it's like the, the circus is a backdrop to a magic competition that's happening behind the scenes. Ooh. Fits in with your uh, acrobatic aerial silk <laughs> uh, That Come to think of it, yes, it does. <laughs> and you're like, I didn't even notice that, but yes. I didn't. <laughs> I love it. Uh, so Cassidy, for people that want to find out more about you and find out about the Arise Box and how they can subscribe, where can they go to do that? Yeah. So if you go online to thearisebox.com, that's the website. So you can search through everything that's there, see some testimonies, see what's in the box for summer. And then I have some leftover from spring. Um, or you can hang out on Instagram. Just look up the Arise box and uh, I should pop up. Awesome. Awesome. Cassidy, thank you so much for your time today and for telling us your story. And I just want you to know that I am cheering you on. I am on your side. And uh, you have so many people who just love what you're doing. And um, I've just the people that I know that have um, gotten in a rise box have just loved it. And, uh, you know, seeing the stuff that you put in it is amazing. But ultimately, I love that you have a mission and you have a purpose of helping women who have been uh, rescued from human trafficking. That's just that's awesome. And I just you are getting my applause over over here. And uh, I can't wait to see just how you grow. And I can't wait to see your vision of a safe home eventually come to fruition. So thank you. No, thank you so much. And uh, we'll talk to you later, girl. Thanks. Have a good day. You too. So how many of you have ever felt like you have this dream or you have this vision or you have this goal, but you're just not ready yet? Or you're maybe scared to take that step. I love what Cassidy talked about, how she just she just stepped out on faith and she's just like, she just said yes. She just said yes to starting this this business and and the impact that she's already making in her first year. I love talking to entrepreneurs of all different levels from beginner to uh, you know, here in the, you know, in the in the middle. And I don't even know that there's really such thing as talking about it, talking to an entrepreneur in the end, but you know what I mean. Um I, I I really enjoyed my conversation with Cassidy and I hope it blessed you and I hope it encouraged you, especially if you ever feel like you just you want to just take a, a leap of faith. If this is your first time listening to the show, welcome. Uh, there are over 45 episodes in the archives that you can listen to that are going to encourage you and motivate you and help you reach whatever goal you're trying to reach. If you're a regular listener of the show, thank you so much for your support. Your encouragement week in and week out truly means the world to me. Be sure to visit us on iTunes 
subscribe, leave a review. I read every single one and they really, really do mean the world to me. So I hope you guys have a great rest of your week and we'll see you guys next time. Bye. Bye.